Yeah, I, uh, the funny thing is, I, it's funny you said comedy department because the reason I got into comedy is because I didn't get into grad school. Right. And I wanted to, I was wanted to get a PhD in English and like this basically just be a professor. Wow. And my goal was to like be like the assistant chair to a department one day, just so I <laughs> could have that cushy paycheck. And and like, I just wanted my I just wanted an office with a couch so I can nap on the couch in between classes. <laughs> Good day, y'all, or good night, y'all, or good afternoon, y'all. Wherever, whenever, whoever, welcome to Hot Breath. It's a special day today because we are celebrating the centennial mark of Hot Breath and iTunes. That's right. We hit the coveted 100th review, and I can't thank you enough for your support. I think Centennial applies to 100. I don't know. It's, it's close enough. I, don't, I went to a liberal arts school. Whatever. But I called you out last week saying we only needed two more reviews to hit 100, and big thanks for stepping up to the plate. One review from Cairo Queen giving us five stars and saying, I love spontaneous things. I dropped in. I want to get on stage, too. Great variation of comedians. Funny. I believe Cairo Queen I met at my show I host every Wednesday at Java Monkey in Decatur at 8.30. Free show, come on out. It's Decatur's longest running comedy show. But yes, thank you Cairo Queen. And the hundredth review was from Up871. They gave us five stars and said, What a great showcase for Atlanta comedy. Hello, is the rest of the country listening? Joel is a master interviewer who keeps it real and relevant. Keep up the great work. Thank you, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you, Up871. And as a celebration for the occasion, our sponsor Wax and Wick will be gifting Up871 and the next two people to review free hand-poured soy candles. None of those frivolous chemicals, people. Join the candle revolution in wax and wick. So just up 871, just contact me on social media at Hot Breath Pod or at Joel Byers Comedy to get your free candle. And also, for fans that may have already left reviews, you can use the coveted promo code 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off your own wax and wick candle. Just go to waxandwick.co, use that promo code, boom. What better gift for Mother's Day? You know you haven't gotten a gift yet, so go ahead and make it the right one with a wax and wick. Ooh, I like that. I said the right one because today we have the right guest. With Atlanta comedy producer patriarch Joe Pettis. This interview took place the week after his high of running the comedy tent at Sweetwater's 420 Fest. Joe has always followed his heart, whether that take him to multiple jail visits or to a couple house squatting experiences, to now being the most influential comedy show producer in the city. Yeah. The timing of this interview could not be better, as his hard road to success is finally in focus. So all we ask from you is to inhale a focused hot breath 
with Joe Pettis. It's very nice. It was it's January. What about yours? August. It's August. It's August, yeah. You're going to be 34? 30 yeah, shit, 34, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it just now occurred to me. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a couple of those moments on this podcast. Right. <laughs> so uh, before we begin, if you could just please say your full name to the microphone. Uh, Joseph Michael Patrick Pettis. Oh, Joseph Michael Patrick Pettis. Yeah, Patrick is my confirmation name. Oh, okay. I don't use it anymore. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it's like uh, in the Catholic Church when uh-huh. you, um, it's basically like when you become like an adult in the Catholic Church, even though you're like 12 years old. But it's when you're, all, it's, it's when you're like, you're responsible, at that point, responsible for your own religious upbringing, I guess. Do you get to pick the name? Yeah, you get to pick the name. You get influenced. Uh, like my family highly influenced the name Patrick. I wanted to do, um, I think I want to name myself after St. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh they 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 like they suggested patrick so then i ended up going patrick because you're 12 yeah 12 yeah basically <laughs> and you're still not your own person yeah wow well that was very informative we're already yeah. learning so much <laughs> that was also the last time i ever went to church <laughs> except for my mom's funeral that was the last time i went to a catholic church but that was the last time after confirmation last time i Went willingly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. Going for the symphony, symf- sy- the symphony, the symphony card. Yeah. I was hoping you'd have <laughs> some brass winds, and um, I don't know what that is. It really. We'll put those in post. Okay. Cool. We'll put those in at the end. All right. Yeah. I remember you did a joke at 420 Fest about like you literally burying your mom oh, to yeah. save money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I was like probably not the best place to do that joke. <laughs> I figured we were outside. I could talk about outside jokes. Yeah. You know? uh, but yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did that. It was just, it was just, I think I did just because it was an option. Like, mm-hmm. where she died was St. Mary's, Georgia. It's like a small town. We had, and the cemetery was actually, is actually owned by the city, St. Mary's. So I had to go talk to some random lady to find the deed. And then, um, they didn't have the deed for whatever reason, but, my grandmother had already been buried and she had been cremated. So she only had a small little box in there. Mm-hmm. The lady was like, yeah, if you want, you could just like, you could put her in there with your grandmother. <laughs> and like, you could just dig the hole yourself. So it was interesting. Like, like, okay, why not do it? And at the same time worrying about the, well, I didn't want to hit my grandmother. You know, I was worried yeah. about that. So you physically dug. Yeah. 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 And, that, and when I would do it, some dude who was just like a groundskeeper just kind of walked up and didn't ask any questions. He just kind of gave us pointers on how to. He's, and like, he was like, once we we're like three or four feet deep, he was like, "Oh, I think, you, I think you're good." You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no one came and asked questions about. Like, so you could just apparently just show up and just start digging graves. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you probably do a show out there. You do show. Oh, totally. Yeah, you yeah. You show many shows. You may do a cemetery show. The funny thing is that same cemetery we got kicked out multiple times as kids for being there like after dark mm-hmm. you know like it's like it's like kind of like, it's like a cemetery slash park uh, kind of like oakland so but like we so it's funny that as kids we would just be hanging out and we get kicked out but i showed up with a shovel one day and just started digging no one no one said anything <laughs> where was this at exactly uh st mary's georgia it's like it's like south it's like the coastal georgia okay southeast like uh we're kind of like south of brunswick in between brunswick and jacksonville and you've kind of lived all over, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Like that, we moved there. 
when I was like right around 12. And then before that, I, like we lived all over, like from like six to 12, we moved all over the country a bunch. Uh, like I lived in like Boston and like Illinois and Pennsylvania and just random different places, Florida. Florida is where I was born originally. And then just, we'll just keep going back and forth. And when you say we, is that just you and your mother? Uh, my mother and then eventually my brother and sister. Like my, I, have a, I have twin brother and sister. Oh, okay. So once they were born. And then shortly, like that, they didn't, they, not so much with them. They were born in uh, Florida. We moved to Pennsylvania, lived there for a couple of years, and then we moved to Georgia, and we pretty much stayed there. Well, they pretty much stayed there for most of their lives. What was in Pennsylvania? Uh, more family. My, yeah. like, my mom just had extended family and friends all over the country. Mm-hmm. So once one situation wouldn't work out, she would just, we would just you know, kind of just pack up a bag or whatever and just jump on a Greyhound bus and go wherever her next cousin or friend was. Oh, so that's where you got the adventurous spirit from? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I was always like, I, I was riding, you know, Greyhound buses for twenty four, you know, twenty eight hours when I was like a kid. So like, I think I already had it in me. And also like the always moving around. I was never. I'm not the type of person who had like a childhood home, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't. So I'm kind of used to kind of just being always on the go. I think. Was your dad ever around? No, no. Never. I, I, I never. I mean, I, I guess when I was like when I was first born, but yeah. I, I never like he was he was gone shortly after I was born, so I never met him. So when you actually first time came to Atlanta, you see Centennial <laughs> Olympic Park on like a field trip, right? Yeah, yeah. We went. To, I took. A, I was in theater in high school, and we took a. Oh, okay. We went to the Georgia Theater Conference, which was like I think in like Morrow, Georgia, like just south of here. And uh, one day, like one on one of the days on the field trip, we took a we our teacher took us to downtown Atlanta. We went to Hard Rock Cafe, and then we went to Centennial Park, and that was like my first time ever kind of there. And that was like it was like it was like I don't know for some reason in that moment like I want I was like I want to live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then the fu- the cool thing is like when I first moved to Atlanta, the city itself in 2006, I lived downtown. I lived like maybe four or five blocks from Centennial Park. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. I'd go like all the time. Uh, now I some, a lot of times I still, I, like I live now, you know, here in East Atlanta, but I still go downtown a lot just to kind of, I like being surrounded by people and just all like, kind of like just the, the city, like the reminder that you live in a city. Cause out here I can kind of forget, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it still feels kind of rural out here. You wouldn't really know where you are, like that you were that close to like a metro, or like a metro area, or that you are in a metro area. And now you're one of the, you know, the big cheeses out here. <laughs> I mean, you're the head of the comedy department or you could say <laughs> Sweetwater 420 Fest. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, the funny thing is I, it's funny you said comedy department because the reason I got into comedy is because I didn't get into grad school. Right. And I wanted to, I was wanted to get a PhD in English and like this basically just be a professor. Wow. And my goal was to like be like the assistant chair to a department one day just so I <laughs> could have that cushy paycheck. And and like I just wanted my I just wanted an office with a couch so I can nap on the couch in between classes. <laughs> I love how it's not you want to educate children. It's you want a place to nap peacefully. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that didn't work out. So now I just do stand-up, but now I just sleep till noon most days. And yeah. then nap whenever I want, you know? So you have an English degree? Yeah, yeah. Bachelor's degree in English, yeah. From uh, Georgia State, right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Concentration on literature. So when people get on my case for grammar and stuff i'm like hey i didn't really i didn't really do that stuff <laughs> so when you didn't get into grad school is that when comedy kind of jumped out at you yeah very shortly after like i uh i was always a huge fan and i went i was i probably i probably 
from my like early twenties up until I first did it when I was twenty six. I probably went to like I probably went to a comedy show like every other month or so. Like mm-hmm. I, I most always comedy clubs, and some like a couple like like uh in like rock venue shows. And when that was kind of first starting, mm-hmm. but I went to the old Funny Farm probably like once every couple months or so. Just and just whenever someone I like want. Sometimes I'd go back to back weeks. It was just depending on whenever someone I wanted to see would come through. Uh, and how would you get to these? Is this Marta back I then had too? a car then. Oh, you Actually, had a car. And, I, and, that, and that time I lived in Marietta. Okay. Like when I first I'd go into like, it was, I would drive down Roswell Road towards Roswell and it, would, it was like a 15 minute drive. Go to the funny farm. I would be the first person in line saying, dude, like they didn't really do reservations. They did, but it wasn't like how it is now. You could pick your own seat and stuff at most mm-hmm. clubs. Uh, I would show up, get good seats, and then play video games for like an hour right, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know it was old school. When it was yeah, yeah. The Joe Pettis with a car. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to kind of go back to where we were. We were actually just talking about you getting your feet into comedy from an English degree and all oh, that. Yes. But we can really leap to Sweetwater 420 Fest. True. Yeah. Okay. And how you, because it was, used to be the relapse comedy tent, but mm-hmm. now it's pretty much the Joe Pettis enterprise. So like, how did that all come to be? Uh, well, I was, it was, it was kind of weird because last, like you had a show on like last year, right? You had like, a, you get like an hour slot. So that right. was previously like, right. We left would run it and they'd give out hour, half hour to hour slots to random producers and they could do whatever they want with that. And I remember like previous years we would hear from like Shelly or someone at relapse, like, October, November of the year before. So when November, December rolled around, I was like, I haven't heard anything yet. I just reached out to Shelly and I was like, hey, what's up with the commie thing? What's going on? And then she's like, well, Relapse isn't doing it this year. We heard, uh, and then she's like, I heard Laughisco might be doing it. Mm. So then I reached out to Marshall and, and then I was like, hey, what's up with that? And Marshall was kind of just like, ah, you should do it. You know, like, he's like, it was just like Jeremy and I were like, hey, he's like, yeah, you guys should do it. Cause I don't, I don't think, I don't know if he was necessarily involved at all or had any chance of being involved. So eventually, I just started connecting through the people at Sweetwater, and then it turns out the lady who uh, runs Happy Ending Productions, who runs the Sweetwater Festival, is the uh, like the wife of the owner of Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. So it's eventually, I just got you know just connected to her, and then connected with uh, the people who uh, own Aisle Five. They were the ones who were actually running like the that kind like the because it was the lyrics and laughter stage because it was right. music and comedy. And they were running the, the the disco stage all weekend, so I basically got in contact with them. It was it was there. was they were like basically handed the responsibility of booking comedy, and they're like, we don't know, <laughs> we don't know local comedy, you know. So yeah. then I get connected with them, and they basically just gave it, let, you know, allowed me to like because they had a couple, they had a couple like ideas of what they wanted to do. Uh, they wanted to do more like book locals and have like. We wanted to book more handful of locals and have more like fifteen to thirty minute slots. Mm, okay, and I was like, uh, you know, I, I I know a few who can probably handle that in a festival situation. But I was like, I think more most comics would be better out to do ten minutes. You know, mm-hmm. so I kind of had control of that. And then because of that, because I was able to get down to 50, the thirty and fifteen minute slots down to ten minute spots, I was able to book, you know, almost I think like sixteen, seventeen local comics. And that was the other thing I wanted to focus on: only having locals. You know, yeah, there's only so many opportunities. And there's so many great comics in this town that I think it was only fair that we represent them, you know. Did did you book Judah Friedlander as well? They booked him. They, okay. they, they, that was the one that they had already. Like when I got when I got the responsibility of booking the comics, which was maybe like January or February, not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, they had already had Judah lined up. 
Oh, and just nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they had like here's like we uh, we kind of want to fill an hour or two here each day, you know. So yeah, yeah. so uh, thankfully I, uh, you know, just because I guess I was just inquisitive. Yeah. They weren't even like, oh, hey, here's the guy who runs the show. Because they probably don't even know. They didn't even know you ran Somebody the show. Did, they, probably, they probably know there's a show, but they, but that for them, it's something, you know. True. They have so many things going on. It's yeah. very minor for them. You know, it's a, it's one it's the biggest thing in my life, you know, but it's yeah. the most minor thing in theirs. <laughs> uh, and, yes, yeah, so I guess because I just, you know, I was inquisitive enough. I find that I, I figured, made the connections. And, uh, yeah, I got to be able to do it. So it's pretty cool. And then you get to be at a beer festival all weekend. Yeah, yeah. Did the uh, sobriety survive? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 sipped a, uh, I sipped a beer that I had never had before. Mm. Like I took like a sip. I do that. I'll do that every now and then. Like especially if like it's a beer company that I really used to enjoy. If they have like a new beer and someone I know is drinking it, I'm like, oh, let me. I'll just I'll take like a sip, a, a, a simple, like a little sip. So I did that once throughout the weekend. That was it. It's a slippery uh, but slope. once I yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, like I know enough about what I, what happens when I get drunk and also being at a fest, beer festival weekend and seeing drunk people <laughs> and being like, Oh, I never want to be that again. Like that mm-hmm. was enough motivation. And then just enjoying it. I was like, Oh, I'm having a good time. I mean, granted, I smoked a lot of weed while I was there yeah. too, but I was, just, I was like, I'm just having a good time, you know? And like, and then, uh, I think it helped having like the VIP access. Like I don't know if you took advantage of that at all throughout the weekend, but mm-hmm. like I, I kept going like in the back areas and just hanging out in the more comfortable spots. And there was a there was a free pizza truck. Oh. I kept getting free slices. Like it was like frozen pizza. If I kept getting slices of free slices of pizza, I'd come back like every hour or two and hope they didn't recognize me. And I was like, these people they don't care, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So so yeah. Thankfully, I think it's been long enough that I don't because I go to I spend most of my night at bars too. Oh, uh, surrounded. If you're never at a bar, I'm surrounded by people who are drinking all the time, and uh, but yeah, usually there's no like real desire. How long have you been sober? Uh, it was a year in February. A year in February. Yeah. What was the rock bottom? Uh, when I went to New York, and uh, yeah, the last night I drank was I did the Knitting Factory in New York, and like the night before, I had gotten like really drunk, and it was the first time I had drank in like over a month uh, because the show I was supposed to get canceled. So I just got really drunk uh, a couple comics I know. And then the next day it was like just felt like shit. And I think it really had an effect on my performance. I ended up like bombing horribly. Mm. And then I was like, I'm just not so because of that, I was like, I'm just never gonna drink ever again. Okay, so getting stabbed twice was not the right thing. Yeah, bottom. getting stabbed twice, getting arrested <laughs> at a Braves game while drunk. Like it was, a lot of things happened while I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, <laughs> the uh Waking up, you know, naked next to a, you know someone you barely know, or someone you really know, which is yeah, I think even weirder. Yeah, uh, like the one time you and I, yeah, woke, yeah, I woke, we woke up shirtless <laughs> next to each other in a bed, you know, so frolicon. Yeah, yeah, a so fetish the, convention. Those are yeah, those are one. Of, that was one of my more innocent nights, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, How many times have you been arrested? Uh, like eight or nine. Wow. Yeah, a lot of them were like four of them were underage possession of alcohol. And there's a couple of weed ones, and like one time I got caught, I got caught stealing a pair of shoes when I was a teenager. So it's all like m- stupid stuff, you know. Were you just gonna put on the shoes and walk out with them? Exactly. Well, I did. I was actually um, switching out shoes I'd always stolen from that same store. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think it was, just, it was like it was like I was just, it was like real karma. I was just asking for it. Yeah. And they nabbed me as I was like, walking out the store, and then but that was interesting because it was in Jacksonville, Florida. 
it was my I was living in South Georgia at the time, and it was like my my third or fourth arrest, but it was my first one in Florida. So I ended up mm. getting like fifteen hours of community service because of it, and I did that, and I I fulfilled my requirement by being in a uh, community theater play. Oh, okay. like that counts, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then when I got arrested that time, they uh, I was like seventeen, and I had already been in jail a couple times in Georgia because in Georgia that you get tried as an adult at seventeen. Mm. But Florida is still a minor in their court system, so they sent instead of sending me to jail, my mom couldn't come get me get me to the next day, so they sent me to like a home like a home for runaway like teens and kids. Mm-hmm. And it was like the cushiest setup ever. Like they had like video games, and you get I had lunch the next day, and they gave you cake afterwards. <laughs> I was like this is better than going home, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what about jail? How many like? Uh, I've been in jail like I've been most night most situations I've spent just like. The last time I was in jail, I was I was in oh, just overnight basically, and I well like probably like eighteen hours. I got bailed out the next day, late afternoon. Actually, the last time I got arrested at the Braves game, I got out of jail the next day. Justin, I got bailed out like like five or six that day, and mm-hmm. that eleven p.m. that night was the first ever underwear show. Oh, so nice. I got bailed out of jail just in time to go premiere my new show <laughs> was the the braves arrest you got arrested for like tearing up the bathroom and all yeah that, yeah right? apparently like allegedly uh like not, allegedly <laughs> allegedly like tearing part of her tv off the wall punching it or something uh-huh. uh i forget how the story because i don't remember and yeah. i just heard from second hand but apparently i like broke a tv basically and when you went to jail is that the time that you actually smoked weed in jail uh no no I don't know if I have. Have I t- have I said I smoked weed in jail? Oh, there was something I heard you talk about where you were in jail one time, and I think you were out by the dumpster, and some guy. Oh gave yeah, you yeah, some yeah. Weed. That was when I. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's when I was in. I had to spend ten days in jail in Florida for underage possession. It was like my fourth time underage possession alcohol. It was my second one in Florida. Wow. And the judge, the like a month or two before, let me go, and it was like. If, you know, you're good, but if you ever, if I ever catch you drinking again, my, it was like in a beach. He's like, if I ever catch you drinking at my beach again, hmm. I'm going to send you to jail. And sure enough, like a month or two later, oh, get caught again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, they, I, so I just, I get sentenced to 10 days, but I get to do it over three, three and a half weekends. Oh, so I would okay. check in on five, like five o'clock on Friday and get out at five o'clock on Sunday. And then, yeah, while I was there, like some some guy like offered, like, uh, and I was like, that was like, it was sketchy. Yeah, it was the that was the worst jail situation because I was there for more like multiple days, and it was like in North Florida. It was just like the worst people possible. How uh, old were you? I was like nineteen at the time. Is there a history of substance abuse in your family? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, because I, I don't know my dad, so right. uh, but not so much. My mom, I think, partied. But when I, I didn't really, but when I, as a child, and like as, I, she, like she would drink, on like my family would drink on St. Patrick's Day. They would drink some Bailey's, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she was all like, all, all like hopped up on prescription drugs too. Like she got, she would take whatever was prescribed to her. So there was still substances, I guess. So she uh, had like health issues. Yeah, he- like health issues and just mental issues too. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, that I, I had other experiences like my like my my brother and sister, their dad, he uh, like would smoke crack and shit. Right. So I guess I was around, but I think it was mostly just because my like my friends, my peers, they were the ones I would just do whatever they were doing most of the time, and uh, especially like if it was free. 
you know. How old were you the first time you drank or smoked? Drank, I was probably like 15, maybe. Mm -hmm. So pretty late. You know, pretty, pretty late. late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, smoke, I smoked weed till I was sixteen. I, I remember it was offered to me when I was like thirteen. Uh, and it was I remember it was seventh grade, and this kid off. I was like I had to be thirteen, and this kid offered to me, but he was sixteen, and also in seventh grade, like he had failed so many times. He mm -hmm. was like he was able to drive to school in seventh grade. Wow. And he was smoking it out of like a Coke can. And I was like, oh, if that's what it leads to, I don't want to smoke weed. <laughs> so I, so the first time it was off to me, I was infused. And then three years later when I was 16, I was hanging out with like my, my friends who were like all like, they were all like, they were like a debate team. And they were like, you know, what, they all scored high in their SATs and shit. I was like, oh, okay. If these guys can get away with smoking weed, it can't be that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, that just ended up. And I just had, to, those became my best friends. And then uh, we would just all just do whatever drugs would come our way, basically. Well, you're a survivor, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, since, you know, since we knew each other, I've always admired just, one, your commitment to comedy, your commitment to life, and just your adventurous spirit. Right. Which we're learning is just part of, I guess, the, the genetic trait. But I just remember, I mean, we did a show in, like, Columbus, Georgia, and they were like, we should come back to my place and hang out. And then we go back, and you're squatting in a house. Yeah, <laughs> you and your comic books. <laughs> yeah, like a two bedroom house where I like, didn't have enough furniture to fill one room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like a condemned house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we had, I had, you know, I had uh, all your utilities. So at least I had electricity and yeah. water. You know, <laughs> and gas. I think we actually had gas somehow. Uh, no internet or TV, but yeah, we had the lights on. That's all that matter. And by we, I mean myself. Yeah. yeah, and the random raccoons they would try to break in at night. You know, wow. Where yeah. other like living situations does comedy put you in? Uh, that was probably the wackiest. Okay, <laughs> but that was also the second house I'd squatted. I that was back to back houses. The previous one was I knew these two dudes who were renting a house, and their landlord just like disappeared one day. And so they found out that the house had been foreclosed, and then they had lived there for seven or eight months. I moved in. It's crashed on the couch, and then one of the dudes moved out, and I took over his room, and we lived there for like another six or seven months before the bank finally kicked us out. And then somehow that's why I ended up going to the next <laughs> house because I knew I knew the dude who owned used to own that house. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm moving out because the bank took my house, but you're more than welcome to move in and live here until you know as long as you can." Wow. Yeah. So then somebody end up coming knocking on the door there. Uh, that one I just got tired of squatting. <laughs> I, I actually got I had opportunity. Uh, I saw these girls I knew, and then I just had this opportunity to move in with these girls I knew, so I just jumped on that, and that was probably like, I lived them for about a year and a half, and that was probably like the best living situation I've ever had, because uh, there was like, there was always food around. Right. <laughs> uh, like, any ingredient I could ever possibly want to cook with, it was a, like they had it, or any type of device you wanted to cook with, and then they, then, but they also, like, they, they, they were, they were huge into partying, but like, on like an adult level, you know, like mid twenties adult level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like once, at, like once every month or two, there would be like a like there'd be an event we would have. So it was pretty cool. And I guess you don't need to anywhere to really, you know, call home because you are a rambling man. Exactly. Well. Yeah. You should really be sponsored by Megabus at this but, point. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to move up in the world. I've been doing lots of uh, Southwest lately. Oh. Like okay. I just did. I yeah. It's it's. I, it's funny, you know, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter where I live because I think 
this month alone, like of April, I've probably spent at least nine or ten of the nights out this month in a hotel, you know, and then I and then multiple hotels, you know. So, uh, I'm yeah. So it's kind of like why why I care about where I live? I kind of care, and then like I we just signed a lease at this place. So I'm here for at least a year now. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of starting to care, starting to hang stuff up. But because uh, yeah yeah over there yeah oh, okay, over there <laughs> yeah. Uh, but because like um. Because I spend most of my time on the road, it's like doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because I live with Ishmael, another comic, and whenever I'm here, he's gone, and whenever I'm gone, he's here. It's weird. Like he's, I got back from Kansas City last Monday, like right, yeah, last like last last Monday, and he's pretty much been gone ever since. Like I haven't seen him since I got back. Was the Kansas City part of your WWE tour? Nah, that was just a. Uh, I did. I went and did some underwear shows, and it was just. Oh, okay. I, it was a part of the country I'd never been to, and I mm-hmm. met a dude, Aaron Naylor, uh, who's a Kansas City comic. I met him at the Orlando Festival, and so he was just willing to help me out. He was able to book me a show there and book me a show in Lawrence. And it was just like, like I was just like, it's one of the few like, I, I I'm, my goal for this year is to go places I've never been. Okay. And then uh, that was one of those places I just I was like never been to that part of the country. It seems like it'd be cool to go check out, you know. Yeah, because there's a cool, there's another cool uh, Atlanta-based podcast called Hardcore Casual, where oh, yeah. you talk about your passion for WWE wrestling and yeah, how yeah. you've booked tours to follow around WWE events. Oh, totally, yeah. Like, we just did the <laughs> WrestleMania one, where we did a tour through Louisiana and Texas on our way to Dallas uh, for WrestleMania. And I was actually, it's funny, I was looking up my, I'm half, I knew I have a couple of mega bus trips coming up, like I do, unfortunately. Have, <laughs> Because I was able to get some tickets for a dollar. It's like, why not? If right. It's a and I actually had, I was looking up, because I'm going like Mobile next weekend, and I had tickets for this week to Orlando because there was a show, a wrestling show I wanted to go to actually tonight, but I forgot to buy tickets and it sold out in like seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had, I just had these random mega bus tickets that I didn't even bother using, you know? For a dollar. Yeah, and the funny thing is the, the, way, the way mega bus works is, they have one every trip. There's usually one one dollar ticket. It's the first ticket, and then from there it'll go up to like five dollars, or sometimes even jump to twenty five dollars, or just however much. Mm-hmm. And so I end up buying like all the dollar tickets when they first go on sale, <laughs> and then I screw everyone else because they end up having to pay more now because I bought this ticket that I'm never gonna use. Yeah. <laughs> do you have from your passion of wrestling? Do you have any experience with backyard wrestling? I I, I have a I've never been to a show but it's funny one of my best friends who i hang up now is a friend from high school and he did backyard wrestling high school i didn't i was at the time i wasn't like i'd i loved wrestling up until high school and then i realized at that time it became like like less cool it wasn't like cool i don't know all these girls didn't think it was cool Mm -hmm. and uh so i stopped watching wrestling for a long time up until i was about 30 years old like about three or four years ago i started watching again and just went full force. Just back. relapsed. Yeah. And since then, I, and like since since I've been a kid, I've done a lot of things. But like, I've gone back multiple times and like started buying comic books again. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really last. Uh, just different things. But then for some reason, wrestling. I think yeah, I think it's because of the huge fan base amongst comics. Mm. Like here in town, like uh, we'll go every time there's a paper a major pay per view, we'll go over to Justin Clement's house. And like a, there'll probably be like ten to fifteen local comics for the most part and i've had people like with touring comics have come through and we've gone over there and done it so it's really cool how we all come together on one thing outside of comedy yeah you know? when i went to chicago like every single con- i went to chicago 
to do shows and it just happened there was a monday night raw the same time i was there so i went to that and the whole time i was there that weekend like every conversation i had with a comic was about wrestling <laughs> you know I, I was i didn't do any networking uh but i got some opinions on roman reigns and some other things you know yeah <laughs> You you follow your passions exactly, full yeah. bore ahead, man. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that was interesting, I guess a phase you went through was your whole Bob Saget saga. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a website and all this. Yeah, it was called uh, Bob Saget is God. It was like a fake church dedicated to Bob Saget. Yeah. And uh, that was just like a. It started in like when I was in high school. Actually, I just I saw that movie Half Baked. And I was like, when he does, and then he does the whole like, I suck dick for coke. Uh, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, Bob Saget's crazy. <laughs> and so I, I started as like a GOC's website. Eventually, I bought the domain. It lasted like three or four years. And you got uh, a lot of traffic to it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, over we had over like a over a three year period. I had over one million unique views. Wow, uh, whatever that means. Uh, but we'd get picked up. Like when College Humor was more of like a links website, we got picked up by that a couple of times, and I would have like twenty, thirty thousand people like in one day come come click on it, you know. So would you turn this into a profit, like merch or anything? Yeah, yeah, I tried to. I, I tried to. Uh, I made some T-shirts with his face on it, and I I had a hundred made at once, which it's like the largest order. Like even now, when I get T-shirts. I usually get like twenty or twenty-five. Right. So it's like a huge order. I spent like maybe like four or five hundred bucks uh, to get all these T-shirts, but I made that money back within two days wow yeah and then i end up and then surpassed so for that after that happened for the next two or three months i would like i would just get ran like i saw a random t-shirt here and there it's like just so it was like just extra nice income mm-hmm. i would take my every time i want like sell two i'd take my girlfriend out for dinner or yeah. something like that i had actually used the money to pay for spring break one year so it's pretty cool and i sold about 90 of out of the 100 when i get a cease and desist order <laughs> Uh, from some lawyers <laughs> representing Bob Saget, and so and I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then eventually I just got tired. I just got lost interest in the website. Once I realized I couldn't make money off of it, anymore. right, right, yeah, <laughs> which sucks because I, I, I didn't renew the domain in two, like two thousand seven is the last time I was like, I was like, whatever, I'm not gonna renew this. This left fade out. And then two thousand eight is when I started doing comedy. And I was like, oh, man, I could have just, like, directed all that traffic to my own personal shit. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Now I'm doing my own thing, I guess. <laughs> you, yeah, you always do, man. That's And it's starting to actually, I mean, it's working. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know yeah. I mean, you've really been paying your dues, and it's really starting to show. Right. And you're putting your name out there on a national level, which is awesome. And right. you always represent Atlanta comedy, which is always appreciated. Right. And your hustle... From just being a a white hibachi chef yeah. <laughs> is one thing, and a lot of people may not know you were even you were a manager of a tattoo shop as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, some weird things. I've like I made a tattoo shop assistant. I was assistant manager of like a smoke shop. Okay. So it's funny that my my even my jobs have kind of aligned with my interests. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your tattoo is clearly a major yeah. interest. Like right now, I would I'm gonna say I would give up stand up comedy, but I would definitely. Cut down my involvement in stand comedy if I could get a job with the WWE or the wrestling. I would do anything. I don't care what it is. But if I could get a job like that, like I was like like they're based in um, Connecticut, like uh, Stanford, Connecticut, which is like kind of based. It's like just north of New York City. Mm-hmm. It's like the only reason I'd move to New York City it's is if they offered me a job. <laughs> and I'd like, okay, and I'd be a New York comic you'd see once or twice a week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
have you thought about moving? Uh, I did originally. I wanted to move to LA originally. Okay. Uh, I really like LA. Uh, I was back there in November, and I love the weather and this environment. But I think just I I think it's, I think it's too late. Like I'm 33 now. I just I just lost a tooth recently, <laughs> so I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm Hollywood material, <laughs> especially with uh, especially just based off my own friends who are succeeding out there now. Uh-huh. It's not it's it's all it's all diverse comics, you know, which yeah. is amazing. I'm glad, uh, but I think because of that, I think I've also realized that I think it's taken me some time. I've been doing this for almost eight years. I think, but I think I finally figured out my place. I think. As much as I enjoy doing stand up, and I think I'm pretty good at it, I think I'm better at producing shows. Mm. And I think I already have a good thing going on here, and it seems to get better and better. That I think it can only grow, you know. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm friends with people who produce like music shows and other things, and I've seen how they made that into a career. So I think I, I think I have an opportunity to do the same thing here, basically. Yeah, man, you're running multiple multiple shows yeah. right now. But what was the first show you ever produced? First show I ever did was actually at five two nine in two thousand nine. I had like a monthly show. It lasted maybe like six or seven months, and then I did. I, I come with probably almost figure out the, the chronological lineup from there. I had a show in Kirk at uh, this yoga studio in Kirkwood. Okay, and then oh man, so many. I, I yeah. I've had three failed shows just in Kirkwood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two in Smyrna. I did a show in Moose Lodge in Smyrna uh, back in the day. And then when that failed, I went to like a Redneck pub and like bar in Smyrna, and that failed too. I remember, yeah, the uh, I remember doing a bar in Smyrna and seeing friends from high school, and they're oh, just yeah. like, "Oh, this is how it is going." Yeah, exactly. Huh, Joel, yeah. <laughs> but the Moose Lodge was legendary. Oh dude. yeah, the Moose Lodge was crazy, and I, <laughs> I still hang out, you know, with the guy I met there, Moose Steve. I still, Moose Steve, yeah. I, hang, I spend all the hol- he, I, he, I spend every holiday with him. Mm-hmm. He calls me son, you know. So I, wow. I got, so yeah, I, I gained a father out of that show, uh, you know. Uh, but Sweetwater was the first like successful one and the only one like the one that I've been doing the longest now like over five years now I've been doing I've been kind for over seven years but I think that was like when I I, I kind of consider that like my first like the really the beginning of my comedy career you know and it all started with a tweet yeah exactly yeah tweet that I just I put out like hey who who let me give out free beer at a venue I wanted to do like a show mm-hmm. where we charge a small cover and just like give out free beer I tried to do it at a couple of theaters in town and they were kind of he- they were hesitant so when I posted, yeah, this sweet why I just tweeted back like, "Hey, why why not do a show at the brewery?" And that's something I never thought of. Like that's like, I, and at that time, I was already like, I just started drinking, like getting the craft beers. Four twenty, sweet why four twenty was like the first non like domestic beer. I guess yeah, not, like non domestic beer I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It was like my twenty first birthday. I went to a bar, with Marietta was the a huge pie at the time too and I'd be like oh 420 I'm older that had no and that guy's like yeah it's a local beer and I was like I don't care right? And I just, it's just 420 that's why I want it Yeah. and then I remember just I really enjoyed it and I would always drink 420 and then I'd go to bars and I'd ask for a 420 and they'd be like we don't have that but we have other pale ales and I was like what the hell is that I didn't even know what I was drinking I just knew it tasted good you know right so it's weird and then starting doing the show is what really introduced me to like the whole idea of craft beers and stuff and then they probably are part of the reasons I had to quit drinking because yeah. this, I enjoyed them so much. Like I would, I would go on the road and uh, 
like my big thing was I'd like go to a different town. I'd be like, I want to try the local beers now. And I'd, I'd always get like an IPA. And I'd drink like four or five of them and just get plastered. Yeah. And then, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> and you, you did a little brewery tour for a little while. Yeah, I've done a couple. And I'm actually, I still, I'm in talks with one in Charlotte right now. A couple of them because they here about our show. And I'll still go do brewery shows. Mm-hmm. But I did, yeah, I was running. I, I booked a show. I ran a show in Birmingham at Good People for a little bit. Uh, at Thomas Creek Brewing in Greenville. And then I've done other breweries just on the road. And I just wanted to say uh, about the Moose Lodge really quick. Okay. And then we'll come back. Just because there was also, there was something called the Benson Interruption on Comedy oh, yeah. Central. But you originated this with the guy at Moose Lodge. Well, Benson had, Benson had already had the show before oh, us. Oh, yeah. had he? Oh, and, I thought he, you broke it. He that. had a live show for a very long time, too. Oh, so it's okay. funny cause I, I thought you started it. No, it's funny because at the time, I just started doing shows with Benson. Like, right. You know, like, I just got, that same time period, I, uh, was getting ready to go on, like do some shows with him in Ohio. And so I was like starting to form this relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, like we just accidentally started doing something similar. Cause it wasn't us. It was like the guy, Moose Steve, who helped us book a show at the Moose Lodge. Mm-hmm. He, we had a sound, like there was a sound system, all that stuff. And then he just, for whatever reason, had his own wireless mic attached to another sound system by himself. Right. That he would just, at first, it just kind of threw us off. He would just say stuff. And at first, we're like, oh. But then, like, oh, we'll just kind of let this ride out, and then it become end up becoming like one of the best parts of the show. And he had a, a car full of he had air tanks. Well, like, that was uh, Kermit. No. That was the other guy. Kermit, so, the guy he Moose, passed away. Yeah, yeah. Moose Steve, Moose Steve was the one who would bring, who ran it. And then because Kermit was always there and persistent, he would always yeah. usually he would end up getting. Oh, Steve would be doing stuff, so Kermit would usually end up getting the mic. Okay. And then he was yeah he was wacky. <laughs> I just wanted that to His be. His name up. is Kermit. So yeah, yeah it, I mean, so many things went down at that place, but I just wanted that to be on the record. I thought, I thought you started that okay, Benson no. interruption, but Doug Benson, I guess. But yeah, because that was what that was like his thing, really, before uh, all this movie stuff kicked off. With Doug's movies are again really high, both of which I've done. Uh, yeah, you have. Yeah, <laughs> both of his podcasts. But uh, like that was his thing in L.A. Like he, his main show, like. That he produced it was like the Benson interruption. Oh, okay. Uh, and then yeah, it was, then it was a short-lived TV show. How'd you guys link up? We I did a weekend with him at the Laughing Skull, and then just played it cool all weekend. Yeah, know? yeah. Like I didn't ask to take any photos or ask him stupid questions. You know, I just like playing like, oh, what's up? I'm a comic too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, so yeah, because of that, and then I so I think he was cool, and he's like, oh, maybe I'll see you around, and then I. I was going to Ohio like a year or so later and just happened to see that he was going to be there at the same time. So I just kind of reached out to him. I tweeted, tweeted so another tweet. Hmm. I tweeted him. I was like, hey, let's want to hang out and smoke weed? And I was like, guest spots? <laughs> and then he was like, you want to host? I was like, sure, why not? And then just because of that, it just ended up working out. So then whenever like, we're in the same area or whatever, or he comes to Atlanta or somewhere close by, this, you know, if he doesn't, basically if he doesn't have someone else lined up he'll hit me up and be like hey you want to come do a spot you know like i just did i think the last time i did shows with him was in pittsburgh and this happened to be in, same thing we were both in pittsburgh just this happened to be the same weekend mm-hmm. so i was like i'll just i just reached out to him and and same thing again when i was uh on his game Douglas high i was in la so i was like hey dude i'm in la and then asap rocky canceled on him nice yeah so he's like hey i could use you for my show 
I'm like, sure, I'll, I could do that. <laughs> texting or is it still tweeting? Uh, this is texting, yeah. We're on okay, texting. you're moving up. You're on Texas texting Dash terms. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you kept up with him. I watched the show. You kept up with oh, him. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my main goal because I've done the Douglas Movies podcast a bunch and I always feel like out of place. It's always like, it's always professional podcasters who's on right. the show. Like, every time I've ever done it, it's like Matt Mira or Grandma, do dudes who are always podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's always on. You know, like I'm, I, when I hit the stage as a stand up comic, I'm on, but then the rest of the time, I'm kind of like just whatever. Yeah. Uh, but when he was like, yeah, we're just going to smoke weed, I was like, oh, I got, I got this, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then I, and I, I watched a couple of, uh, I had to watch a couple of other episodes, and like the comments were all like, these assholes aren't smoking enough. Well, that guy's not inhaling. So I was like, I want to, like, I, like, I, I, I want, like, I didn't want to have any negative YouTube comments. Right. I want people to be like impressed by how much I was like, I'm just going to smoke as much. And then I was like, if I don't have anything to say, I'll just smoke. Because then I'm participating, you know. <laughs> have, did you see some of the comments? Were people impressed? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, some dude posted something like this. It was doing a live feed, so I didn't see it, but Greg Barons actually posted it, and it was some, some, one of the dudes about, he was about, dude in the middle of smoking the fuck out of Doug's weed. <laughs> he didn't know my name, but at least you know. <laughs> yeah. Have you asked him about maybe doing the underwear show? Oh, uh, we talked, like, He'll bring it up when we're doing shows, and he's like, he just he makes fun of it. He's like, he's ne- he say he'll never he'll never do it. No, <laughs> yeah, I think the more established comics are probably more hesitant. Right, right, right. Like, why well, don't need to do this? <laughs> How did that one even start? Uh, that was um, just where I had a I had a monthly show at the Village Theater, and I was changing themes every month. Like, we did a Twitter theme show. I remember that one. Yeah. And then we did like a nerd. We just did random stuff, and it was like nothing really picked up. And then I actually wanted to do a nude show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the village was like, I don't think we like we can't do that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, how about what if we just like what if we just perform in our underwear? And uh, they were like, I don't think you think comics are gonna do it. And then when I made a post about it, like there's so many comics who wanted to do it. Yeah, everyone because I think that like everyone basically in a scene like this, everyone just wants to get up on stage. Like, everyone's <laughs> desperate for stage time, which. And it's not because we lack it. It's just so much. It's like, oh, if I just want to do more and more and more. It's like a very, it's just addictive. Uh, so yeah, because, yeah, so it just picked up and it was a lot of fun. The first one, I was like, oh, it's, it was, I guess let's keep doing this. And it, the yeah, doing in your underwear is like skydiving. Oh, like yeah. It's a completely different level of like intensity. Oh, yeah, yeah. But now it's grown from just like a monthly show to like a 40 city tour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I might maybe I'll announce it here on this podcast. I think August is like the three year anniversary. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm considering uh, like retiring the show. Wow. Uh, or like doing it less. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want to travel less. Like it's weird. Most times I want to travel more. I want to travel less. I don't want to tour it like anywhere. I want to do like the multiple city tour, the multiple days. I want to go like on the weekends where you go to one or two cities and mm-hmm. hang out and have a good time. And then do one show or two shows, and then come back. Uh, so I think, and I think, um, so I, I would like to, to continue on. So I think what I'm gonna do is, like, do it, and then kind of like pass it on to someone else. Like, I come to your city, set it up, and then someone else do run it now in that city. That way, I could probably still do it too. Like, I could like, if it gets good in you know whatever Minneapolis, I can go up there whenever I want and you know do the show. Is but, there almost uh, a way to own it, like to where you can just almost like 
people give you a cut. Well, I, th- I think I think that's what thing is. I just don't. I think I just want to put it out there. You know, uh-huh. there's no reason anyone can't do it now. Yeah. Uh, but I think feel like most people, I guess, see the photos, this uh, respective, I guess, or whatever, or just know that I make it more fun. You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's, like, <laughs> it's I think it's like one of those things. It just it should be like it's kind of like how I do. I produced the character rose here in town. That's, right. that's being happening all over the country. Like I wasn't the first person to come up with that idea. Uh, but it's a fun idea, so it's like, why not just pass it on and let other people kind of do it? So is your goal to keep culminating new shows, culminating, cultivating new shows yeah. here in Atlanta? <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, producing bigger and better events, you know? Like, like, I, would, like I want, you know, uh, like I would love uh, to be involved in like, you know, like a festival or something like that, like an actual comedy centered, fo- like a, a, just in different stuff like that, mm-hmm. just bigger events and more events, you know. And you're different getting places and different ideas. You're organized with it too. I mean, you actually have a production company now. One Up Comedy yeah, yeah. is like a is that like a legitimate company? Like, yeah, we haven't. I, I, I need to apply. Actually, I, I I need to do it this. I was gonna do it this week, uh, where we actually like become like a LLC or whatever. Yeah. Still, like, everything's still, like, in my name, I guess. But that's what the banner we use is one-up comedy. And it's another thing following your passion, video games. Oh, yeah, So you're just, you're able to just incorporate all of your passions and it's starting to actually become a reality. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. I don't know how. (laughs) I'm a 33-year-old man living out, like, a 12-year-old boy's fantasy adult life. You know, like, I, I remember as a kid... Seeing the movie Big uh-huh. and be like, that's the ultimate goal, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just to be an adult who's living out the the fantasies of a kid, you know. And what are the shows underneath One Up now? You have the Eight Bit Comedy at Joystick Game Bar. Yeah, the Eight Bit, which we uh, produce with Radar Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Bowles, and then uh, then the Underwear Show, Sweetwater, which is, has its own banner beer and comedy, and then the Character Roast. And then uh, that's it at the current moment. Are you the 420 show? Do you still? Uh, no, that, that's basically just its own thing now. Okay, you did. You started that. Uh, yeah, I started. I started. I just, there's multiple shows or rooms happening now that I started. Like like the 420 <laughs> show. I started. Uh, I started shows at Union, and that's changing hands now too. It's going over Jason Flint. So that's like, and then uh, I helped start Speakeasy. Mm. So I like it. I started. It's like three open mics I had a hand in starting, which is nice because those are like the only ones I'll show up to. Yeah. This guy's got like, hey, I want to go up next. I, I kind of like, I don't have to sign up. I can just choose when I want right, to go up. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I pull the I started this card. <laughs> <laughs> so it's bad. I need almost I need to start more like open mic. That's why I, that's why I like the idea of passing on the underwear show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it could be its own thing and do it, and, like, and I can kind of just come through whenever I, you know, whenever I want, ideally, you know. He's a prophet. Yeah, but I think it'd be it would do better if it was like, oh, someone else took the yeah, someone else took the incentive to make it build it up, right. instead of me coming through and hoping that people show up. You know, <laughs> like I just when I went to Kansas City, it was it was fun, but like it was like maybe like twenty like twenty people a show, twenty thirty people a show, yeah. which is like a small show here in Atlanta. You know, that's why the reason I want to travel is because I can go do like our, show, our eight bit show with Joystick. That show packs out at thirty people and it does every week. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like. I can stick. I can stay here and have a better time, you know, than tra- instead of traveling and whatnot. What's your promotion approach to all this? Uh, every possible everything, you know, whatever you like. Like we do posters, we do Facebook ads, we do, uh, you know, whatever it takes. But I think the the 
the most important aspect is like really word of mouth. Okay. Making people happy. If someone comes to your show and they have a good time, they're going to want to come back and they're going to tell their friends about it. You know, no one, no one, p- p- typically people don't go to comedy shows alone. So, but, so if they like it, they'll tell their friends and they'll keep coming. Like that's the real success of our show at Sweetwater is we have a built in, we have built in regulars who continue to bring people out. Mm-hmm. Like I have a couple, I have, there's a couple girls who come to my show who bring a crew of like, you know, three to ten people every time. You know. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's just making, and then, so it's I. So that's why every show I try to make it. It's always different comics. It's always and it's always good comics. You know, I'm just trying to make it the best possible situation for everyone involved. Yeah. That's why we. That's why we get like food for the comics, and you know, uh, provide try to provide things for the audience. Just whatever it takes. You know, we we put a lot of effort into how the chairs are set up and just everything involved. You know, just every aspect. So I think if you make the show good. It'll eventually, it'll just, it'll just, you know, you don't really have to promote. It just promotes itself. And with the good, there is, of course, the ugly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've seen that. And on this podcast, I always ask my guests a, uh, a story of getting booed while okay. on stage. So, like, what is yours? I did maybe two months in the comedy. Okay. I entered the, the competition at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah and then uh it was like i went last it was like three hours in and i was just at the time i was just really dirty like i had a joke about i had a joke about going down a woman in a coma jeez because i was like because like, it, it was something about eating vegetables oh my God. yeah and i had like i i think i had a joke about fucking a cat maybe it just ran like really Bad stuff that you're gonna win a competition with. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was so confident that I was gonna win. I was like, "Yeah, put me last. I got this shit." And then, and then, uh, it, the it was a full house. It was like maybe two, three hundred people, and half of them were there to see uh, a Southern Baptist like pastor wow. who went to the competition. And you could tell who they were too because they were all wearing like the shirt, like the, a T-shirt for him, and they all had like soda cups on their tables instead of alcoholic drinks or uh-huh. and I remember like my like not like a minute in one like there's one table that was totally into one table and then all of them were just kind of standing me and eventually like one minute some, some just like boo <laughs> and I was like alright this isn't going as well as I thought it would and then I, I knew I was eating it so I kind of wrapped up short I was like alright I'm out and as I was getting off the host was like wait wait and I forgot it was like a competition so they make you stand on stage afterwards oh and then the judges critique you. Oh. It's like I know I just did horrible, and then uh-huh. now they're gonna tell me I did horrible. <laughs> you know, I I I was tempted to just. And the funny thing is, I when I, for some reason I was like I was real nervous, and I was gonna I was getting off. So I closed up my set. I was like, "All right, thanks. See y'all later." Like I don't like like I was gonna like they were all like I was gonna possibly see them later. Right, right, right. And the one the judge even mentioned that he's like, "I don't know when you think you'll be seeing this crowd again." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I think that might have been the only time I was actually booed. Uh huh. You know, uh, yeah. And that was that was like that was a very eye opening experience. And that was from white people. Yeah, yeah. You get booed yeah, by people. white people. Yeah, I, I, ne- I think that I never. I, I've never. I, 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 I think I got, I got the, I got kind of booed. Uh, the one of the last urban shows I ever did was like years ago. Mm-hmm. At the same time, my my material was kind of changing. When I was dirtier. Like I did really well at urban shows, and when I started cleaning up my act, it didn't. Or I was getting more personal for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It didn't do as well. And I remember I did joke about, I made a joke about sucking dicks. And <laughs> I got booed. 
They're like, boo, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've, so I've been booed a couple of times. I've had, but I've had, I've, I've had more just indifference. Or what throws me off more is like when people are yelling, like trying to help you out by yelling and stuff. Like when, when Sony knows in the audience and they're heckling you. Like that's like the, that's more, th- that throws me off more than anything. Yeah, yeah. That's when I'm like, shut the fuck up, Stephanie. You know, like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> So you've had, I mean, bad shows and good shows, but yeah. you say producing is your long-term goal. Yeah, I think I think that's where my, I, I don't know if that's my long-term goal. I think it's just at the point at this right now. Okay. I think that's where I'm starting to realize that's what I'm good at, you know, or mm-hmm. that's what I'm best at. You know, I, I think I, I think like I'm actually going to start doing like short seminars at festivals. Like I'm doing Cape Fear coming up. I'm, I'm so, okay. I'm coming up with a, a seminar called How to Run a Fucking Show. And it's just basically just small, like small, simple things. A lot of people, like I, when I go on the road a lot and I'm doing these shows and I show up to a venue, half the time I, I, I come early and I, I rearrange the chairs. I, like, there's, just, there's small little things that can make a show, like a, a good show that much better, you know? Like what? Uh, like for example, like I said, the chairs, like I, when I come in and they'll have chairs set up and they'll be like, uh, you know, a two inch gap in between chairs. And I'm like, no, get them. You want them touching. You want them all as close to each other as possible. As close to them as possible without, with still space to walk through. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want the audience as close to the stage as possible. Stuff like that, you know. Okay. But also just run the shows. Like one of the things I've especially I've learned with the roast is that too many, most comedy shows are just way too long. Like we've been doing the roast. We've been, the, we've been hitting around 70, 75 minutes. And it's like perfect. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, the crowd. Like the first couple was like, oh, man, this, this is going too short. The crowd's going to be upset. And then no one, no one cares. It's like when you go to a movie, no one's like, "Oh, that movie was too short." If anything, the movie was like that movie is too long. Same right. comedy, like last was just way too long. So you know, keeping time constraints, just different stuff like that. You know, I don't want to give away too much because yeah, of course, of course, I want, I want people to come to my free seminar. <laughs> you've you've dropped a lot of yeah. <laughs> knowledge on this podcast, man. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, I didn't do it. He's innocent. Yeah, I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let people know where they can keep up with you and all these good things. That are going uh, Joe on. Pettis. If you if you type in my name on Google, you'll go to my my website. Will pop up JoePettis.com, and it'll link to whatever. I think my name is Joe Pettis on virtually everything except for Snapchat. My name is Poe Jettis. All I don't right. know why I switched up on that, but if you look up Joe Pettis on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm there. YouTube. I'm there. All right. The innocent Joe Pettis. Thank you so much for being on Hot Breath, man. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I'm going to shake your hand. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Awesome. Good luck. I thank you very much. Yeah, I like, uh, like your approach to asking questions and stuff. It's cool. You're like asking real questions? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. That's it. I think we all learned a lot from that please keep up with joe pettis on all his social media and website and check out his shows man they're unique and just not only unique but also quality and good so with all those vague adjectives thank you for supporting this and thank you for supporting joe and all of my other hot brethren that have been on this hot brethren and sisterin excuse me who have been on this show so also thank you to all the listeners out there, you know, you can always, you know, let me know what you thought of this interview. I thought it, we got 
to some pretty good moments in the interview. I'm trying to get a little more intimate with the guest. So if you enjoyed what you heard, you know, drop an iTunes review. Let me know what you liked. Uh, if you like the idea of a good Mother's Day gift right around the corner, go to waxandwick.co, use promo code 40 off Joel Byers, and get your mom a good candle. You know, these are quality candles, and at 40% off, it's pretty much free. So go to waxandwick.co for show. Is there anything else? Uh, you could also go to my show every Wednesday at Java Monkey Indicator. Uh, I also just dropped the uh, early registration link to my class. I teach an eight-week comedy class with a graduation show. So if you're interested in that, you can contact me on social media at Joel Byers Comedy or Facebook Joel Byers or just go to highwirecomedy.com. But uh, we sold out the past two rounds, so this one's going to sell out as well. So if you're interested in getting it at a discounted rate, go over to highwire.com and sign up today. It's really perfect for anybody that you know does comedy or is just a fan of it. So I look forward to seeing you there. And while you're on the internet, you please hit up my producer. He's the guy that makes all this sound so crystal clear. So hit him up, Amon Garner, on Facebook. He's just about to drop his uh, new website, so I'll keep you tuned on that. And also my theme song composer, at Aaron A. Rogers, on all social media. Hit her up as well, because she makes a great theme song, and... uh you know, that's my lady. So thank you for supporting this. We've been gaining some nice momentum. You know, the listeners keep increasing every week. So it's thanks to you and your word of mouth. Well, that's really gaining momentum. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this takes us. And for those committed that are still listening, thank you. But now I will release you back out into the wild. So thank you. I will see you next Monday only right here on... Hot breath. Oh, oh.